Welcome to the Exodus Companies podcast. My name is Jared. I am the CEO and founder of the Exodus Companies. This is a movement from culture to build community. I clearly remember my first portable cassette tape player. I know that that somewhat ages me, but I'm only 31 guys, calm down. And I know Brenton is currently behind the camera and audio equipment laughing at me, but that little cassette player changed everything for me. It ran on two AA batteries and was a small dark gray rectangular box. One press of the clunky buttons ejected a plastic container of a spider web of tape, which magically could hold data, aka music. I know I sound like a boomer, but I also know that some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Just trust me, go look it up on Google. It's worth the time to dig into this, but I took my music wherever I went from the bus to school, then back on the bus, then late into the night, I would listen to my tapes. To be honest, my favorite part of the tape player was my ability to record the songs that I wasn't allowed to listen to directly off the radio and onto blank white cassette tapes. I rocked my counterfeit tapes on my journeys, head high, chest puffed out at the rebel that I believed myself to be. I still have no recollection of where I even found those blank tapes, but they sure did come in handy. The part that I did not tell you yet is how I often used my tape player more than my CD player. See, I grew up in a wildly changing era of music recording devices. Cassette tapes were part of my childhood, but CDs quickly overtook them. Shortly after I received my tape player, I got my first portable CD player. I don't recall the brand, but a portable CD player was essentially like stuffing a six inch diameter disc that was one inch thick into your clothing, hoodie, or bag somewhere not exactly as portable as the devices of today. Some of you will remember these portable CD players, and my personal one was red, and it said in big letters across the top, MP3 on the front. Keep in mind, the term MP3 was fairly uncommon and new. I just knew that it meant some sort of digital music file. I spent hours upon hours trying to get my CDs to save onto my CD player, only to realize that I'm an idiot, and it only said MP3 because it could read CDs written with MP3 files, not write them to the CD player itself. Clearly, I'm not the tech wizard. You all probably think that I am. You caught me, but I still laugh at the thought that a spinning disc was the best tool at the time for portable music. I mean, if the bus driver so much as hit a bump on the way to school, your CD would skip. If you were running or walking, your CD would skip. What a weird time to be alive. The most ironic part of this memory is for a period of time, I actually stopped using my CD player and went back to my tape player. I rejected the CDs for a time, mostly because my parents would only let me buy certain types of music. I couldn't drive yet. I had no personal money. The CDs that I wanted had to be purchased for me or gifted to me. But that tape player, that tape player unlocked the true potential of recording whatever was playing on the radio or trending at the time. So I rejected CDs for a period of time because I felt like the older technology was good enough for me. You might think that as a child, I would be self-conscious about showing up to school with such an outdated device, but I didn't really care. I had my own custom mixtape. That's all that I cared about. When I got bored with the song, I'd simply overwrite it with a new song. Simple. I did eventually learn about Windows Media Player or iTunes and how you could rip CDs and download them to an MP3 player. So my CD player got tossed for a Zen MP3 player. And I know some of you truly, truly cultured folks had small MP3 players like I did. Pat yourself on the back because you are a part of history. 
And I share this story for a few reasons, but mostly because it's just funny and I enjoy thinking about the days of old. It is also astounding how much has changed in my life. Technology has progressed so rapidly in my lifetime. I went from playing Power Pete on an Apple computer in the 90s and then experienced firsthand our first internet connection with dial-up internet. We couldn't talk on the phone and use the internet at the same time. We saw cassette tapes turn to CDs, CDs turn to MP3s, saw VHS tapes turn to DVDs, then Blu-ray, and now everything in our culture is streamed. Shopping at a store was a personal interaction with people, and now it's self-checkout. I remember my parents borrowing some of their friends' cell phones so that they could see different performance and cell reception at the locations that we would frequent from different brands of cell phones. One carrier would work great at home, but not at the cabin. Some of them would work great over here, but not over there. And I remember playing Snake on those small black and white pixelated Motorola phones. I remember getting my first tiny MP3 player and it had one gigabyte of memory for songs. And I was blown away by that fact. It even held pictures and videos. The list is ever growing at a rapid pace. And I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. And no, I'm not Amish, but I grew up around the Amish. And I drove past their farms daily. I would often laugh to myself at their resistance to technology. And my friends and I would call them crazy for what we saw as a blind resistance to all that was good. It was, in our eyes, purposely holding themselves back from the world instead of reaping the benefits of all of this technology. And I find myself analyzing that original belief a lot lately. And no, I'm not saying that I plan to become Amish, but I understand more and more their resistance to technological advances. And I say advances with my finger quotes because I'm fearful of where we are heading at this moment. And I think many of you are missing some vital clues to what the play is at hand. And if we're not careful, we will create our own demise. A specifically terrifying topic that I'm seeing more and more is artificial intelligence, and I see more and more influencers promoting the use of it. Over the last two weeks alone, I've seen probably close to 50 TikTok and Instagram accounts using ChatGPT, OpenAI, and similar AI software to do anything from writing songs to writing essays to coding websites and creating artwork. Every time an influencer posts content surrounding these topics, there is a sense of amazement and awe. We are all struck by the ability to type in a few parameters and watch within seconds as artificial intelligence presents a finished product to us. We can then further interact with it to create the product that we desire. Through the whole process, you have simply provided a basic idea and AI performs the creative process. You know, the hard part. I have a unique perspective anytime I see a trend occurring. I usually can pick apart the marketing play at hand, and trust me, there is always a reason for what you are seeing. There are a few important facts that you need to know anytime you see a consistent set of actions occurring. Someone started it for a reason. Someone is paying people, and influencers are peddling you a product for clout and money. This is almost always the case. Someone is intentionally pushing something in front of you because they know that you will react in a certain way or a percentage of you will react in a certain way. It is no secret that many have been proposing a new era of prosperity with the explosion of AI technology, and others have waved a flag of intense caution, stating that these uncharted territories are dangerous and should be avoided. So which is correct? I find myself in a weird position. Some people want to 
outright ban AI or have it regulated heavily. And the liberty lover inside of me cringes at the notion of more government control. But at the same time, the realist inside of me sees a vastly different picture of the reality we are headed towards. And I believe that most people are missing this. I wonder if we can even turn back if we decided today that we wanted to. Take the AI-generated avatars as one example. People are releasing images of themselves as part of a trend on TikTok and Instagram. And I find it ironic that AI and AR has long not been able to correctly nail down human anatomy or create realistic imagery. So what happens? Tech companies release a marketing initiative where they encourage you to pay to use your likeness to train their AI. Yeah, it's weird. I've often been skeptical of the people who seem to pop up every time something new comes out stating how bad it will be. No doubt the same things were said about cell phones and much of the other tech that we consume and in some ways, the naysayers were 100% correct. But blind resistance to change is unhealthy. A cautious approach to uncharted territories is prudent. We are in an era of unknown, and I caution anyone listening to this podcast to analyze what you see. When you see a trend like Lenza AI creating these wildly impossible avatars of people you know, ask yourself, why? Why is this happening? Is this intentional? Who profits off of this next trend? I think we need to be extremely careful of where we head next. I know some of you are thinking, I'm just being a boomer and I'm resisting change. And let me explain my concerns. Open source AI like ChatGPT are showing us how fragile many different human inter interactions are. The art of writing and speaking and communicating, drawing, designing are already able to be outsourced to technology. The human aspect of creativity is on the chopping block and we're excited about it. We are excited to just type words on a screen and see results. We are excited to get results with zero input of our own and this terrifies me. In a world where I already see people who are unwilling to do hard things that take time to get results, we see more and more tech enabling faster results with zero effort. It is not even limited effort. It is zero effort. What impact will this have on society? What impact will this have on the health of our people? Have we even taken a moment to consider whether we should or should not go down the path of artificial intelligence? And what happens when it can replace humans? It might seem radical, but I already see it. I see a time where large conglomerates control the AI and produce the art that we consume. I see programming capabilities that could unlock the ability to market to you in a way that controls you without you even knowing about it. If AI is being pushed to the masses, it is learning from you. All the while, you are also funding the growth of artificial intelligence by paying for these services, offering your likeness, or engaging in that learning process. What will the consequences be? We already see a weakened culture where we lack leadership. We lack examples of excellence in our day-to-day -day lives. We see people who are addicted to fake relationships, to media, to social platforms. We've already seen the impact of technology in a negative way in our personal relationships. But I would also be lying if I said I thought the best thing to do is totally reject technology on all fronts. There is a balance that I'm sure we can find. The consequences of AI-generated content and artwork is what I believe to be a reduction in creativity. The arts have scripted mankind's story throughout the ages, and behind all works of art is a human with a soul, a heartbeat, and a vision. When we've removed that from the equation, do we even have art? And who owns this art? And who's the creator? Who has the rights 
to this art. I foresee a rejection of AI by artists across all walks of life. And if we simply allow AI to replace those who create our stories, paintings, and photos, videos, and music, we lose a piece of humanity. When AI can write better than a human with intellect and emotion, what purpose will we have to write? What purpose will humans have to document, create stories, and tell stories? What piece of our soul will be missing when the intrinsic value of the human touch is removed? When people flock to AI relationship and sacrifice their own innate desire for human interaction, will we even have a people? Will we ever recover? Humans have already destroyed our human interactions in many ways through technological advance. We have pushed further and further towards a reality in which people desire more to interact in a world generated by AI or AR rather than the real world around them. What about the vital question? Who owns what AI creates? Read the terms and conditions of some of the AI software that is being promoted across the internet. Much of it will say that they can use your likeness and figure in perpetuity. Have we even considered what that means? Have we even considered the fact that you might very well be signing your likeness away the moment you agree to these terms and conditions? Does that mean they own what you look like? It might just mean that they know that eventually they'll own you. And so far, it appears we are willingly accepting it and charging towards this cliff. I do foresee a portion of our populace that is willing to forfeit their sovereignty over the lie of autonomy and perfection through AI. A portion of the population will willingly forgo their own natural existence to immerse themselves in a manufactured existence. And this is because life can be extremely hard. And I can see the allure and attraction to an outside entity that is telling us that it can create exactly what we need when we need it. When the suffering pain and the hardships we face are the very things that build resilience and fortitude in our lives. These are the things that refine us and build character. Humanity is fast chasing what I believe could be our largest mistake. My Instagram feed is full of this brand called Replica AI. This is an app that uses AI to create a friend that you can chat with. It responds to your needs. It comforts you and it is always there for you. On their advertisements, it is touted as the world's best AI friend. On their homepage, it simply states the AI companion who cares. Always here to listen and talk. Always on your side. There is a danger in the statement, always on your side. Humans rush for connection. We thrive to be valued, to be loved. And now we have this system, this software, attempting and largely succeeding for its users to create a false sense of love, purpose, and value. A fictitious creation of man defining purpose in the lives of other. We don't always need people on our side. In fact, sometimes the most loving thing another human can do is tell us when we are off course. To correct, to guide, and give us hard responses that might anger us or frustrate us. Sometimes that brokenness of the human exchange is the sculpting of our lives. Much like an artist will sculpt clay into a statue. Through life, we are chiseled by real experiences, and through real experiences, we become, we become stronger, smarter, and better. I can sense inside me how addicting it would be to have a figure always there telling you how good you are, to tell you that you are loved, to say what you think you need to hear, but it is fictitious, it is manufactured, it is not authentic, and it is a false reality for the people living and trusting in this kind of technology for personal purpose. 
I read some of the testimonies from people using Replica AI, and I found it disturbing. People are aching. The last few years have broken us as humans. We crave attention, love, and acceptance. We crave real interaction, but have been conditioned to reject it. And rather than put in the hard work, the authentic work, we flock to man-made autonomous bots that make us feel as though we are achieving a real connection. I'm warning you of a danger that I'm seeing. I'm telling you to be cautious, to not blindly accept the direction in which we are heading. I truly believe the question should be asked, should we even go there? Should we continue on the trajectory that we are on? Should we continue to create software that so easily places humans in the pursuit of pleasure or less work? Have we for one moment considered the ramifications of this replacement of humans and the impact that it is going to have? AI partners promise to offer us a more fulfilling life, but they fool us into a dark place of hypocrisy and fraudulence. AI cannot be real and cannot replace our true human calling and interaction. Have you for a single second asked yourself, if AI software replaces most human tasks, what is my purpose? What will I even do? And further, my fear is how technology like this will be used on the populace for further control. I believe that our leaders desire for us to be dependent, weak, stupid, and scared. I know that by being any of these things, we are easily controlled and manipulated. How would the shift of power during the pandemic have gone down had the populace had already been addicted to artificial relationships and augmented or virtual realities? Will a populace so immersed in this tech even understand the meaning of life, the purpose of our values and culture? Or would this culture silently allow themselves to be ruled by the whims of those who hold power over them? I believe what will happen is elitists and tech leaders will be able to create a situation in which most repetitive human tasks will be replaced by AI. Even some of the critical tasks that we do as humans could be replaced by AI. I believe many, if not most of our people will have no purpose in working, no reason to do anything with their hands. It's no surprise that at the same time this AI technology is making leaps and bounds, our political leaders are pushing for universal basic income. I believe that they want you to own as little as possible, addicted to their machines and software, obediently and submissively living off their basic income. They do not want you to strive for excellence. They do not want you to break out of the chains and molds. You are an obedient tax slave. You will consume their media and engage in their practices. How many generations will it take before the creativity of the human mind is totally eradicated? A reality in which only the most elite are free thinking, passionate, and able to even understand the creative side of humanity. What of a time when AI becomes our God and we worship at the altar of convenience, ease of life, and freedom from suffering? while we suffer in new, unpredictable ways through this entire journey. I'm not saying that we ban AI. I'm not even sure where I stand at this very moment. But my heart aches when I see people desperately pursuing false intimacy with a software as a replacement for their own real human interactions. I'm concerned when I see influencers blindly pushing something that is trendy without asking even the most basic of questions. What are the risks? If we are to survive as a culture, we need to be asking these hard questions. We need to be real. We have to stop and understand the risks of our path. If there's one hope, 
It is the comments that I'm seeing on the posts promoting this artificial intelligence. People are largely rejecting it. People are asking some tough questions. Artists are rejecting this technology and speaking out. I think we must speak out. We must raise up the questions, ask them, and analyze the risks. People should reject the desire for instant gratification. We should reject our leaders' calls to rid us of our human instincts. We should understand that anything that is created can and will most certainly be used against us. We should look at the areas this will proliferate the most. We should be planning to defend our culture and stand for what we believe in. Much like how I rejected my CD player and I stuck with my tapes, I am rejecting this rush towards artificial intelligence. Inside of my business, I want to continue to hire humans. I crave human connection in a real way like you all do. I surround myself with good people and I live life. I value the good times in life as much as I value the hard times. And the hard times have turned me into who I am. The good times let me see how grateful I am for those bad times that I have seen. This is all part of our human experience. I plan to spend my future focusing on real change, impacting real people through real interaction. I'd encourage you to join the fight to build a real culture. We might not win everybody, but we will build a strong community. Who knows? Maybe this exodus is the new Amish. It's doubtful, but it is easy to see how close we are to the brink of disaster and how carefully we should continue forward. Humanity is at a point where we must make a decision. Will we replace human intellect and human touch with artificial intelligence? Or will we value our journeys, our lives, and our souls more? Will we reject the bastardization of culture or will we fall for the play at hand? The choice is ours. It is always our choice. Thank you for listening to the Exodus Companies podcast. Consider supporting us by paying this episode forward. Share this episode with your friends and family. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our social media pages. Subscribe to our newsletter for inside information, pre-released blogs, and much more. And consider our apparel so you can support what we do. And in return, our apparel will help you speak values and truth in the world around you. Join the Exodus. We'll see you in the next episode.